0: Hello everybody, my name is Ilan Veros, and this is the I'm Failing Upwards podcast, a podcast about everything but mostly nerd stuff. And welcome to episode one, the start of our literal adventure. Now you probably knew already that this is episode one as the title is going to have something along the lines of introduction or, you know, anything in that general vicinity. And I'm very excited to be bringing this to you. Uh, because it's something that I've wanted to do for a while. It's something that I've been encouraged to do by my friends, by my family, and just generally people that find me entertaining. Now, what is this exactly? Uh, What is this going to be about? Well, as the name implies, this is going to be a podcast about everything. However, we will be focusing mostly on what you would consider, quote-unquote, nerd topics. While that is the case, because I do enjoy speaking about other things that are outside of that category, we will be covering things like politics, race, mental health, and pretty much anything else that I might find interesting. And mostly because I, I do feel like while I do want to focus on just nerdy things, the person that I am, and it, and those and those who know me, also likes to speak about things outside of that, like the mental health thing. For me, is very big. I do enjoy being able to speak to somebody about what they're going through, and even speaking to them about what I'm going through. I really do like diving into politics, uh, mostly because of, uh, I guess, what here in America uh, has been the amazing, not really amazing, last four years. So it's just something that I've gotten used to speaking about pretty much on the daily. However, for the podcast, we will keep it more lighthearted. We will just touch on things and just, you know, give opinions and see how those things may even, at the end of the day, affect the nerd culture or affect things that could be considered that nerd culture or in that subgenre of things which, for example, we can talk about games like Cyberpunk 2077, a game that was hyped to the ends of the earth and unfortunately has had one of the rockiest starts of a game in recent memory, at least to me, barring, like, Star Wars Battlefront 2, where it was just, like, a complete mess from the get-go. Cyberpunk 2077, unfortunately is a complete mess from the get-go pretty much unless you have like a high-end computer which even myself i don't have but i have had the hardware to at least get it to a playable state so i have put in as of this recording around 30 hours of gameplay into that game and the reason why i brought that game up is because as i mentioned before i do like to talk about politics and sometimes those things do bleed into uh the nerd culture and cyberpunk 2077 is a perfect example of that in terms of like the themes within that game. Even though that game has had its fair share of controversies, at, you know, at the time of this recording, again, mostly because of the uh, over sexualization of like trans people, but also at the same time, that's kind of like the point of the game. It, it's something that has very like real world topics to it, but obviously in a video game setting, which is not to say that this analysis is anything groundbreaking because I am of the mind that, you know, video games and anything pretty much in the nerd culture is essentially art and art always likes to mimic or at least, you know, takes inspiration from reality and it portrays it in a way that you might find entertaining or artful in that sense. But aside from that, we will be talking about mostly, Things like Star Wars, things like Lord of the Rings. I do love some anime. I do love me some friends that can cosplay. I will have people that will engage me in these conversations, some very good friends of mine. And especially in the cosplay department, it's something that I've like always wanted to do, but I haven't done it myself but I have tons of friends who take part in it and who are really good at it. And so these are the types of people that I want to have on. So we can talk about cosplay and we can talk about what inspires them to do these things. And then we can talk about, you know, what it takes to make something good or at least something that lives up to, to a certain standard that you may have. But then again, with those topics outside of the quote-unquote nerd culture, cosplay—I know, or at least I get the impression from you know the the stories that I've heard from the people that I follow online and the people that I know it also like falls and deals with a lot of like gender stuff. It deals with a lot of race stuff because of people portraying characters that might not be their own race or people who are very sleazy and like very aggressively sexualized women who do cosplay. So again, I'm I'm not going to be like covering anything groundbreaking here, but it will be stuff that is somewhat relevant and stuff that is interesting to talk about, especially with people who are part of that community and people who can give you some sort of insight of what might have happened to them or what they might have seen within the community. So I'm very excited to have them join me in later episodes to talk about these things and with that being said you really can't have a conversation about cosplay or at least a very nerdy one without at least talking about anime so currently the thing that keeps me going the thing that pumps my blood through my veins is attack on titan and good lord i have been following that since before it was cool you know That's what everybody claims whenever something cool comes out. But I have literally been on the Attack on Titan bandwagon since day one, since day one. And the reason why I really love Attack on Titan and the reason why I was so hooked on it from day one was because at least in the first two seasons, Attack on Titan... And this is and this is not a good pitch for why you should watch Attack on Titan. If you, for whatever reason, have not done so already, Attack on Titan just filled me with dread every, every time that I watched Attack on Titan. Up to that point, in my experience, and again, I I do love anime, but you'll you'll figure out that I have like a very like narrowed view of the things that I like. But anyways. At that time, in my experience, anime always had the main character be the clear winner in terms of like they or at least again, the the ones that I watched, the animes would have the main character obviously go through some hardships, obviously go through things that challenge them. But at the end of the day, they would always come out on top. They would always like. Uh, you know, call on the spirits, or, you know, reach into their own psyche and and come out on top because of pure willpower. However, (laughs) Attack of Titan said fuck all that shit, Fuck everything you know about, you know, the main characters always winning. Fuck, fuck that. No, fuck you. You're going to, you're going to suffer. And by that, I mean, like, you never knew what the fuck was going to happen in that show in the first two seasons. You never knew who was going to die, who was going to make it. And if in the next 23 minutes, if you're watching it on Crunchyroll, if in the next 23 minutes, you were going to fucking lose your favorite character. And I experienced that so goddamn much in the first two seasons because it was just straight up every single episode everybody it it just sucked ass you couldn't have a good episode and in the first two seasons every time anything good happened it was immediately followed by some shitty fucking titan coming out of nowhere and just munching on somebody and you were like what the actual fuck dude you were hyping me up for absolutely no reason and nothing portrays that more than the second wall attack and if you have seen this show you know what the fuck i'm talking about you know what the fuck i'm talking about like you're like yeah the music (laughs) the music's playing everybody's lit yeah let's do this and then it just goes to shit so quickly it i'm not gonna say exactly what happens but it just goes to shit It, it literally did not fill me with like yeah let me just watch something fun it was just the excitement to watch to see if my favorite character would survive to the end of the episode. If I was going to get to see him the next day. It's something that I attributed to Game of Thrones. It was like one of the ways that I was explaining to people what Attack on Titan was when it first came out. when it, or, or when it was coming out. I was explaining to them. It's like the Game of Thrones of anime. Because of the fact that you don't know who's going to live or die. You don't know who is going to make it. Now, I will say that in the, you know, so far in season four and definitely with season three, that like level of despair was definitely like brought down. It it, it definitely was brought down. And you definitely after some point had more hope for the characters and you had more hope about the fact that they would be able to do the things that they were setting out to do. But. In being attacked on Titan, it didn't. It, it, it just never goes away. <laughs> like that, that little thing in the back of my head that tells me, so and so is gonna die, or so and so is not gonna make it, or oh my god, oh my god, they're about to die. Like that type of feeling that just doesn't go away. And I think it it it's brilliant. I think I think that's such a that's such a refreshing thing. Even though what <laughs> we're talking about is literally just just being dreadful the entire time that you're watching this anime but so far so good the the latest season it, it's getting off to a slow start but after last week's episode and i'm recording this on january 14th if you if you know what came out in the last week's episode i believe january 11th is about to get spicy you know what it's about to get this show's about to get some sasong in it <laughs> like it's about to get it's about to get spicy so i'm excited for it i'm ready for it. it it's gonna be a good time the other animes that i really enjoy right now and it's because of the original animation style for seasons one and two it's Q. now the reason why i have to mention specifically the animation styles because fuck sports anime i hate sports anime (laughs) they're so boring no i don't care what anybody says sports anime ass i don't care about it why why do i care if i wanted to watch a sport i would just go watch a sport i don't need to watch no goddamn anime about sports but again with that being said holy shit is haiku good dude oh my god haiku is so good it's so good my girlfriend had been begging me to watch Haikyuu for such a long time and I just straight up refused every time she was like can we please watch Haikyuu I'd be like can you understand that sports anime are ass stop don't ask me to watch this and then I was forced to watch the first episode at a gathering with some friends and holy shit did i not eat my words so fucking fast that shit was so good episode one Wow, super simple it just grabs you and it grabs you because the animation is good like <laughs> the animation the animation just dumps the entire like budget for the episode into like four frames and you're like holy shit those were the best four frames that i have ever seen show me that again and then the game and then the the game and then the show is like you know what you can watch those again and then bam gives you like a nice replay and you're like fuck that's so good and so they hook you with that but then as well it's not just the fact that it's a sports anime it makes you care about the characters and it just has very good character arcs it has very good like oh you think this character is gonna be like that but then as the show grows that character grows and you're like how that it you know it, it's very it's very cleverly written and again the animation is the selling point for me with that being said though unfortunately the latest season of IQ had a change in the animation like it took me a couple of episodes to like really pick up on it and as i was watching it with my girlfriend we were like what the hell it, there's something just like slightly off because like it's not a, a drastic change to the animation, but it is, is something that that I can describe as the animation is no longer as full as it was in the first two seasons. And the reason for that is because they changed animation teams. And by that, I mean they changed the way that they structured the the hierarchy of the show because I believe both the the the, the director and like the head animator, I think I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I think both those people moved on to a different project and so people from the from the team stepped up and filled those roles. So that's why the animation of the show looks the same but there's like a slightly different like air to it. There's like a very slightly different design and from the the short googling that I did I'm not the only one who notices, and obviously, again, nothing groundbreaking here, but there has been, like, a big controversy online from people just being like, I can't watch this anymore, this sucks, and it's kind of sad because the story was so good, everything was really good and i found myself like a (laughs) like a dummy like out here i'm out here clapping and just cheering for when the team like wins or just getting mad when they don't get that point that they need and i'm like this is a sports anime i'm watching made up people play volleyball i'm out here like i know how volleyball is played let me go watch real volleyball but it's so good so due to that unfortunate animation change it's become a little bit harder to watch that latest season to the point that we watched the first couple episodes and then after we realized that the animation style changed we stopped watching it me and my girlfriend stopped watching it for a while we're picking it back up slowly and so we uh hopefully we'll get to 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 enjoy that soon hopefully it does get better it is it is still good it is still a good time i'm not having a bad time watching it but it's definitely like a discernible difference between this latest season and the previous two seasons which just were amazingly just amazingly animated so to move on to other animes the next one that i really enjoy demon slayer and you know again Nothing groundbreaking here. I'm a I'm a bandwagon type of guy, but damn, Demon Slayer is so good. It's so fucking good. I'm waiting every day for that movie to come out so that we can get a season two. And once we get that season two, I'm going to be hyped as fuck. That anime is actually really good. It's another anime that well not as expertly as attack on titan because you can kind of see where it's going once once it happens like episode 1 is pretty tragic for demon slayer it it gets you. It, it's a nice hook it's a nice hook episode 1 it is a pretty is a pretty good hook but you can kind of see where it's going however demon slayer does have that tinge of despair that attack on titan has because of the fact that it doesn't, like, without spoiling it, it doesn't give the main character full power. Like, it just doesn't. It doesn't let the main character just big dick his way out of situations. He does, He can't just whip it out and dick people down to get out of, like, whatever predicament he is in. Which is good. I, I enjoy animes like that, because then I can't just predict it. I hate it when I can predict what's going to happen. Even though I try to do that with literally everything that I watch, I try to predict exactly what's going to happen, I hate it when I can do that. that and that, to me, just is kind of like very obvious writing. But, again, I'm not, I'm not a writer, so my opinion doesn't really matter on the subject, so who cares? But this is my podcast, so I get to do and talk about whatever I want. So in keeping with that, at this point in time, I do have to bring up the animes that really cemented in me how much of a weeb I really am. And even though this is technically one story, uh, this anime was separated into two separate releases, kind of like the Fate series on Netflix. I haven't kept up with those in a long time, but I do remember like Fate Apocalypse or Fate something or other even though they technically were two separate releases they still dealt within you know the same story so it kind of like that but the first one is called going back to the two animes the first one is called planet and then the sequel is called planet after story and holy shit these two animes fuck me up when i was a young impressionable high schooler holy god (laughs) and the reason for that is because these are two of the saddest animes that i have ever watched to this day i could not believe myself as i was locked and and i had to have the room locked like oh like Equal to when you're jerking off. Like, I could not let anybody see me. <laughs> no one was allowed to watch me in that state. Are you kidding me? Uh, as a 14-year-old watching fucking cartoon people, you know, doing shit and then crying about it? Absolutely not. I was not going to be that kind of a mess for anybody to see. But, oh my god, I was not expecting this. So, Planet and Planet Ed After Story are completely opposite from any of the animes that i have just mentioned because they're just slice of life animes and ironic that the person who doesn't like sports anime is you know saying how good a slice of life anime because it literally is just watch somebody live their life instead of watch somebody play the sport they're essentially in the same kind of you know category in terms of like why would you do that but going back to planet and planet after story i was not expecting it it was so out of left field for it to get so sad and i kid you not i thought about it (laughs) it was one of those things where like i just couldn't stop thinking about it i was just like i kept running back in my head like what kind of What kind of shit just happened? What did I just watch? And honestly, if I rewatched them today, I wouldn't be as traumatized. But again, I was... I was like 14, 15, like I I was younger and I just could not believe how this shit was making me feel. I was just like, what, what the hell is going on? And then from that point on, it really just unlocked my love for this art style because anime is honestly art. And I truthfully believe it's one of the best forms of expression or one of the best forms to convey a story with emotion because of the fact that in, in a weird sense, it's, it, it, and and when I say the best form of animation, I mean like the most entertaining way to do it, at least for me, because for example, with live action, you can't do the things that like happen in anime as we have seen with anime adaptations, uh, excuse me, live action adaptations, of anime, it, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't translate well, because some of the action scenes and some of the way characters look and you know the things that happen in the anime, you just can't really translate that well into a live action medium. And the other way around, the cool thing about anime is that because you are watching quote unquote people or humans on the screen you can very much find a connection with those characters which is why people always simp for characters uh especially from haikyuu and other shows like that um i'm looking at you girlfriend um so she you know she's one of those but It is, you know, a very good medium. It really is a good form of expression. That's why, thinking back to it, that's why it really affected me, you know, watching Clan and and After Story because I, without knowing, was starting to care (laughs) and love the characters that I was watching, even though at the end of the day, the story's okay. Like, if I go back now and and look at planet it's not it's not that deep it's it doesn't have it doesn't have anything like mind-boggling it doesn't have like a super cool twist where you're like holy shit like it, no it doesn't have that it, it has that but in a sad way and you're like "What well, can we no in just tears it's literally just you're watching a group of friends go to school that's literally all it is. That's all Clanet is, and then Clanet After Story is you're watching that same group of friends grow up into adults, and then watching their lives. That's literally all Clanet is, but it's done in such a way that it honestly just fucked me up as a child it just it just it just messed my life up and i bring planet and planet after story up specifically because in terms of anime it's not the first animes that i watch obviously it's very hard for those to be your first animes especially when you're growing up like me in venezuela like it how the fuck are you going to come you know into contact with the planet and planet after story and obviously this was before netflix so when I compare them to the actual first animes that I have watched, like Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, some episodes of Inuyasha, because I never could catch it fully in Venezuela, but compared to those animes, those animes are pretty straightforward those animes don't really have emotions the only time that i ever cried watching any of those was <laughs> doing the first pokemon movie everybody knows the scene where fucking pikachu is beating the shit out the other pikachu and then ash turns into a rock and everybody's starts crying as a child yeah no that that definitely fucked me up as well but planet and planet after story just like really cemented this love because at, at, at that point you know, I was more aware of like what anime was because as a child or when you usually first watch Pokemon or when you first watch Dragon Ball Z, you're not really aware that that is what it is. You're not really aware that, you know, that is this medium or this or this uh genre of quote unquote cartoons. But the rabbit hole that Planet and Planet After Story started me on then led me to another anime called and these are older animes it called uh Angel Beats Angel Beats only had one season and it had 13 episodes and there are 13 of the most beautifully animated episodes of anime that I have ever seen the opening and closing music slap real hard and it's another <laughs> it's another anime that it just made me really sad and, and and it made me really sad not because of the fact that it was like a sad anime. It's just the ending was very open. And to me, like at that time, I just like couldn't handle things that didn't specifically be like, this is the end. Like this ends this way. So Angel Beast was really good. It it was another anime that really made me realize how much I love the medium. There were other animes. They're all, well, they were all on Netflix. I don't think you can find them anymore. There was another anime called Sekirei. That one is like, (laughs) that one is fanservice, the anime. High School Me very much enjoyed that anime because the way to describe that anime would be, it's like Pokemon, but instead of like monsters that you put in your pockets, they're fully grown women that once you quote unquote catch them, want to have sexual intercourse with you and then you use them to fight other people with women and all the women have superpowers so essentially it's pokemon but with women that want to have sex with you and as a high schooler that was a very appealing anime as as you might imagine for for reasons you know just 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 for reasons but anyways aside from that the other animes at this point in time that are good have to be goblin slayer is really good that one's really fun uh (laughs) fun for me because again now now that i'm saying it out loud i apparently really enjoyed despair in anime (laughs) i really enjoy not knowing what the fuck is going to happen so goblin slayer came came off the bat real hot with that type of shit with that with that feeling of you don't know what the fuck's going to happen and I'm patiently waiting for Season 2. I don't think it's going to have a Season 2 just because of complications I think that the studio had, unfortunately. But damn, that that was a good anime. Soar R Online, another big one. And honestly, it's because of the fact that the animation in that, that anime has, honestly, some of the best animation, regardless of what you think of the story. It's so pretty it's such a pretty anime it's beautiful like it, it's so very well animated and every single episode has just a f- fucking big ass budget and you can tell compared to other animes or are online probably has one of the biggest budgets uh from animes or the studio might just be that good but I, but i'm not sure i just think so online has just like a very big budget and that's why it looks so good so in terms of anime i think that's that's pretty much it at this point in time we will be diving deeper into anime i feel like this episode one instead of you know getting to know me has been mostly about anime but that's fine i can talk about anime for hours there there, there is no shortage here and like i said i'm going to have people on to speak about these topics with me and and the the people that i'm going to have on they they definitely watch more anime than i do so uh they can remind me of animes that i might have seen that i might have forgotten to talk about today and you know we can we we'll, we'll have a good time doing that type of shit so moving on from anime let's talk about some video games and i have to mention Ghost of Tsushima Holy shit, I have to mention that game because that game is so good. I don't know how many people have played this game. I don't know how many people have had the amazing opportunity of diving into that world because Ghost of Tsushima is so fucking good. It's such a good game. It's, I think, the game of the year for 2020. Unfortunately, that was given to The Last of Us 2, which... I also very much enjoyed, and I would even say because of the fact that it was just more polished and it was more fun to play for me, I think is better than the first one, even though story-wise people might, you know, have a different opinion on that. However, like I said, it's just, it was like an updated spruced up version of the first one. So uh, The Last of Us 2 is good. In terms of like my favorite games of all time, Ghost of Tsushima is now southerly on there the one before that is definitely Jedi of the Fallen Order that one is so good oh my god that game is so fucking good it literally helped me live Star Wars and I honestly cannot thank it enough for that it helped me experience a Star Wars Um, more more so than like Battlefront because you know in Battlefront yeah you can you can pick up you know, and if if you do well enough, you can like you know buy the 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 Jedi's and or the Sith, but it just it's just not the same. However, Fallen Order that one was really good. That one really just like let you take the reins, and the fact that that game is canon is also brilliant. I think that's one of the coolest thing about the game, especially the cameo at the end. If you know what I'm talking about, it really just like elevated that game because it's one of those games, just like Ghost of Tsushima that I 100% complete it. And I don't usually do that. And when I mean 100%, I mean, like, get all the trophies in the game and just really explore it to the point where, like, there's literally nothing else to explore. So Jedi of the Fallen Order is really good. But I have to say my favorite game of all time, without a doubt, has to be Skyrim. Holy shit, dude. Did I put so many hours into that game? Skyrim is so fucking good. Stealth archer build all the way everybody knows this but good lord that game was so good i have bought skyrim i think three times i i think yes i bought it bought it when it first came out <laughs> yeah i bought it three times i bought it when it first came out on 360 then i bought it when it came out remastered on the ps4 and then i bought it for the pc and to this day i'm still waiting for Bethesda to release the six Elder Scroll, holy shit, dude! They announced that game a millennia ago, and I'm still fucking waiting for this game. Instead, they released motherfucking Fallout seventy six. Ass. They released Elder Scrolls for the mo- for the fucking phone. Ass. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, come on, just give it to us. Just if you guys want to make money, just go ahead and give us the game that we all want. Because this is the game that we all want, without a doubt. Like, there's no, there's no if and or buts about it. This is the one that we're looking for. This is the thing that we have been waiting for. Um, and hopefully it doesn't suck ass. I hope they don't go away from the formula that makes the other scores good and they do some wild shit like they try to do with fallout because fallout could have been good they could have focused more on like the story they could have focused more on actually making a next gen fallout game but instead they tried to be gimmicky and they tried to add the whole multiplayer thing which is something that honestly has been asked for in the past it has been requested that how cool would it be to play a fallout or skyrim game with other people but the way that it was implemented was just not good It, it just wasn't good and that game has really suffered for it and i think their reputation has really suffered for it and honestly they're not the only studio like a lot of studios lately have just been flopping real hard um on on games i i think the only studio that i know of that consistently releases like really good games or at least in my opinion has been like um uh, well, what's it called Sony Santa Monica which is the people behind God of War because god damn God of War was a good game that's another that's another great game of the last couple of years it, it's just very fantastic it, there's not a lot of things to complain about with that game it's beautifully made it, it looks beautiful runs well the gameplay is fun it's definitely different from the original and there's not really a lot of bad things to say about it or at least in my opinion I, I, I don't think there are But that being said, I believe that it's now time for me to move on to my love of Star Wars, because I don't truly feel like you can get to know me without understanding how obsessed I am with this franchise. And honestly, it's something more than an obsession it's more like a lifestyle <laughs> at this point and the only reason why i jokingly say that is because i literally have so many star wars clothes and star wars accessories like I have a Star Wars band for my Apple Watch. I have a Star Wars matching bracelet with my girlfriend. I have a lot of Star Wars shirts and stuff. I have Star Wars shoes. You know, I have lightsabers. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that pretty much any Star Wars person has, so I'm not, like, blowing anybody's mind here, but it's just something that, like, just really brings you in. Now, with that being said, in terms of like what my favorite Star Wars anything is, it has to be specifically, and this might, you know, seem as a as a random one to pick, but my favorite Star Wars movie has to be Rogue One. And it's plain and simple. If you haven't noticed with my anime themes, Rogue One is definitely like the darkest Star Wars movie, I think. In my opinion, out of all the ones that have been released. The reason for that is because it really pulled the curtain back in terms of like how many underhanded things or like what kind of shit the the rebellion was dealing with you know which made it go from like a pretty black and white type of situation compared to like when you look at the original trilogy and then the prequels where it was literally a black and white situation where the jedi are good sith are bad and then the in the original three Uh, Excuse me, in the prequel three, it was the Separatists are bad and, you know, the Sith are bad and then the Jedi are good. Rogue One, however, what they did was that they showed you what people in the Rebellion had to do or like what kind of decisions had to be made that weren't necessarily good, quote unquote, but had to be done in order for the mission and in order for the Rebellion to succeed. Like, for example, at the beginning of the movie... Uh, you see Cassian gunned down a civilian, or, or what I think is a civilian, because they were made, they were caught. You know, when he's asking him all these questions, he's asking him what he knows. After he's done telling him what he knows, two Imperial troopers come in, and they ask for IDs, and Cassian doesn't have one, obviously, so he kills them both, panic ensues, and then the guy who has a bad arm. He's like, how am I going to get out? And Cassian's like, it's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. And then literally shoots him in the back, which is literally something that the good guys are not supposed to do. That's not how good guys operate. That's not what the rebels are supposed to do. And I love the fact that Rogue One gave us that the, the rogue one was like it's not black and white the rebellion also had to do things that were kind of underhanded in order to succeed or in order to you know achieve the next goal that you can also like point to when they finally make the plans to go see Sol, Sol Guerrera in Jeddah. you see that Cassian gets told that they need to kill galen urso like it's not a rescue mission you have to clap this man and i'm not even sure if it's in Jeddah, but or if it's like in the very next scene after they go to Jeddah, that they have to clap this dude because even if he is quote-unquote turning good like the risk of having him turn back to the empire or be rescued by the empire because he's such an important asset and such an important part of building the Death Star. They just can't have that. So they'd rather just kill him and clap him than have him be alive. And that's something that, again, the good guys are not supposed to do. On top of that, Rogue One really cemented the level of urgency that is supposed to be portrayed in episode four. Because if you watch episode four without having watched Rogue One for like the first time ever you're like okay i definitely understand where the story is going i can see that there's some sort of urgency with princess leia getting this message out to obi-wan it's like important but after you watch rogue one you're like holy shit please princess leia please get that message out please don't get caught what the fuck dude because like you see Rogue One and you're like, holy shit, how many people died? What kind of fucking absolute mess of a mission they had to go through to get those plans transmitted out to the ship that gave it to Princess Leia? And then something that I also really love about Rogue One is how much it showed that people feared Darth Vader and his absolute merciless killing of those storm of the excuse me of those rebel troopers in that hallway really like put it into perspective why everybody in the original trilogy was absolutely losing their shit whenever he popped on screen because you now understand you understand that he will fuck your shit up like you you will see him fuck your shit up because if you look again if you look at the original. Trilogy, and I think this is more due to the fact that the technology they had back then, and just the uh, the actors that they used for the fights, or or whatever the case may be, the lightsaber fights in the original three weren't that good. They were like okay, it was cool, the idea that they're using lightsabers to fight, but in terms of like the choreography it's okay it wasn't like anything groundbreaking it wasn't like amazing or anything like that but rogue one really put it into perspective in terms of like how dangerous darth vader really is how incredibly fearful you should be of that man and that's why rogue one is such a good movie and that's why it's my favorite movie honestly because it just it just elevates the series or at least it just elevates parts of the movies that follow it because of like you you get like this much needed context you get you get this much needed information because even when the prequels had come out between three and four you still didn't have that time frame where darth vader was essentially in his prime you really didn't see darth vader like fuck shit up truly to the point where you're like okay i understand why everybody's so afraid because again when you go back to Episode 3, yeah, you see Anakin and how good he really is with the lightsaber, but that's Anakin. You don't really see Darth Vader really fuck shit up. You know what I'm saying? Like You don't see the man in the suit end people's lives. However, with Rogue One, you do get that, and I, it's something that I very much appreciate, and I think it was very much needed for the Star Wars franchise. Since we're on the topic of Star Wars franchises, you do have to bring up the newest sequels you have to i mean it, it's 2021 you got to bring it up because it's it's the most current star wars stuff that we have so with that i personally enjoyed the sequels i know that not a lot of people did a lot of people were disappointed with them and honestly that's due to the fact that the sequels didn't live up to the expectations that a lot of people had and the reason for that is because probably to the disney acquisition of star wars they had like all these books and all this like super detailed expanded universe that disney after buying star wars decided to just do away with and only kept some stuff and so when you have this entire fleshed out story when you have like this entire like crazy universe where luke skywalker is literally space jesus he literally becomes space jesus he can do things that make absolutely zero sense and at some point he literally fights the force or some being that like eats worlds and and it's like insane It, it gets real fucking crazy he has like a son he 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 literally rebuilds the jedi order and so when you have this amazing future of the star Wars franchise after episode six already laid out to you. And then Disney comes along and says, fuck that shit. We're going to do our own thing. You already have expectations of what could be right. So when you have like this preconceived notion of what star Wars should be to you because of the stuff that you have received already, and then you get, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you get what Disney, came up with you would be disappointed and i and i would honestly be disappointed too if i had read any of that shit and i but i don't i haven't i don't read i don't i don't like (laughs) i don't like reading so i never really dove deep into that the information that i do have is from the tried and trusted youtube university and that's the information, and that's the place where I got my, my info. But even then, that's not like extensive research <laughs> or, or anything like that, like a true Star Wars fan. But I definitely understand why people would be disappointed. So with that out of the way, like I said before, I very much enjoyed the sequels. I, I thought they were good. They, they were very beautifully filmed. I really like pretty, very well shot movies in 4k it looks amazing it's just it's just very nice to look at in terms of like the story themselves the story's all right like i think if they had come out and there had been no previous star wars i think it would have been good but again it's just like all those expectations that people had and truthfully the star wars fandom is some of the most toxic individuals and people in the world of fandom and i really don't understand why it's just like it's all made up guys like it doesn't it doesn't really affect your life whether or not it's good or, or not. But I digress. In terms of like the movies themselves, they're good. They I I enjoyed them. I personally really liked The Last Jedi the best just because it was a darker take on Star Wars. It really was something that could happen in terms of like Luke becoming such a hermit. Him pretty much like denouncing everybody and just deciding to live on his own was definitely something that I could see happening. Based on what he had gone through, like based on everything that happened in his life, including what happened in The Force Awakens, like the whole Ben Solo destroying his school, that really would affect somebody to the point where they would realistically be like, you know what? Fuck everything. I'm leaving. Fuck everybody. You can all go eat dicks. Like, you know, he could literally very easily do that. And I know that that's like one of the main reasons why people just really didn't like it because they didn't really want to see even Mark Hamill. Like they really didn't want to see this very beloved, you know, happy go lucky character just denounce everything that he knew because he was mad. But again. They are technically humans, like they are technically people with emotions, so in reality, that type of reaction is something that you could realistically see happening, but that's just my personal opinion on that movie it's definitely something that i can talk about further uh and it's definitely something that i will talk about further once i have um my friends you know various people come on the show and and speak to me about it because i think it's a it's a good back and forth especially if the person that i'm speaking to doesn't necessarily agree with me on that subject and at the end of the day that would definitely make for some better content and we're in the business of making better content But as a final topic and as a quick end note for this, because I think it's getting around to that time, I definitely have to talk about Lord of the Rings, even if it's just briefly. Because outside of Star Wars, Lord of the Rings holds an extremely special place in my heart because it's so fucking good. (laughs) it's so good there's no there's no groundbreaking commentary there it's just so fucking good there's nothing that i love more than just to fucking sit there and enjoy the extended editions of the lord of the rings because that's honestly the only way to watch it if you don't watch the four and a half hour you know return of the king extended edition then who are you you know like how are you a true Lord of the Rings fans. And, you know, what's hilarious about this is that this is coming from the person who has never, ever even picked up a Lord of the Rings book. I don't think I've ever held one. I don't think I've ever been in the same room as a Lord of the Rings book. So in terms of, like, (laughs) who's a real fan, I don't think I, I have a lot to say. However, I do very, very much enjoy you know, medieval style settings, just like Lord of the Rings, it, it like that fantasy world, that high fantasy stuff. But honestly, like after having watch after having watched like a lot of medieval setting type of shows and, and movies, man, like the medieval times sucked. <laughs> like, nobody told me this when I was a wee child enjoying the fact that people fought with swords. Bro, medieval times sucked. You could die of dysentery and fucking <laughs> and gout. Like, like it was nothing. And, and dying by sword sucked apparently. That, that shit actually was not fun. Like that was not a good time. Like it was, it, it was, uh, it was just awful. But would I want to live in the world of Lord of the Rings? Hell yeah, you fucking pet your ass. I would love to live in the world of Lord of the Rings. The fuck? Imagine. Just just picture it, okay? You are a just a regular Gondor. <laughs> not even Gondor. Uh the, the cooler ones. The Rohan. You're just a regular Rohiring from from Rohan, right? And you fucking are in helms deep waiting to eat ass (laughs) waiting to eat orc ass and all of a sudden the elves show up and you now get to fight with the elves i would fucking love to fight and die next to an elf like that would be cool like that that would that would be pretty dope especially because you'll be remembered as a, a hero but then especially Think about how cool it would be, especially if you live. If you live, bitch, you get to carry that story forever, forever, and no one will ever get tired of hearing it. That's a lie. All your friends and family would get fucking tired of hearing it, but bro, you can carry that story with you, and it would be super dope, like, imagine you're just hanging out with your friends, and, or new people that you just met, and they're like, hey, what'd you do before, where's that scar from, and then you're like, let me, let me sit you down, and explain to you how much of a badass I am, so imagine me, in Helm's Deep, next to an elf, we're going to die together, but we just make it through. And so I think that would be a fun time. Honestly, this is a this is an awful sell. As to <laughs> as to why living in Lord of the Rings would be a good idea because most of the random foot soldiers in Lord of the Rings get absolutely fucking clapped. But, you know, again, the ones who live, the ones who live get the the cool bragging rights. Now, I'm sure that there's other things that I can do that would give me cool bragging rights besides possibly getting absolutely stomped by some orcs but in those times you don't really have anything else to do so so besides that why I love Lord of the Rings is because of the amount of work that was put into building its universe so when you when you like research it You can see that uh, Tolkien like really built the world before he built the story. So he like really enjoyed making languages. He really enjoyed making the elves because he really liked the elves. And the story that came out of that is the one that we have now. But, you know, I didn't know most of this information and I didn't know how deep the world was until I got a synopsis or <laughs> or a very in-depth explanation by a friend of mine um, while we were eating, I believe, at an alehouse, you know, about the, the book prior to The Hobbit or, you know, the the book that, that kind of like set up the world more. It's called The Summerillion, I think. I, I'm not too sure. I'm really bad with names, but. This book really fleshed out the universe, it, or at least it re- it added some very much-needed context about where the races came from, who is Gandalf, and why does he get to come back out of nowhere, besides the fact that he's just a badass wizard. It really added context it really gave you perspective on like what the fuck was going on so it's something that i just really like about that story and all the stories like i'm just a person that really enjoys a very well fleshed out universe i I just enjoy being able to like dig deeper into stories and just find out what was not told within the the movie or what was not told within the show. So, you know, finding that out and getting that amazing synopsis by my friend uh was just like really enjoyable and and it just made me love the the series even more. Plus, it's just it's just a movie and movies that just hold up today. It, it like I just recently finished rewatching them in 4K cuz I was able to do it through Apple TV and and honestly, just rewatching them again made me fall in love with them again, even harder because it's now in 4K. <laughs> because it's not just a 4K upscale that they did to them. They, Peter Jackson himself, went in with like the, a team to specifically frame by frame lift the movies up to the 4K standards of today. And honestly, You watch the 4K versions of the movies now, and they look just as good as any other movie in 4K. Honestly, it's a really good 4K experience, especially if you have the TV for it, and especially if you're a fan of the movies. With the bundle that I bought, it also brings the Hobbit Extended Editions, and I know that the Hobbit movies are a much more hotly debated (laughs) set of movies in the Lord of the rings fandom but you know i also enjoy those movies they're they're really fun they're they're more fun than they are like story rich like the original lord of the rings because of the fact that peter jackson stretched one book into three fucking movies and then made an entire movie which was the last one the battle of the five army uh based on five pages if i'm not mistaken of the of the original book but i digress on that So with that being said, it is getting to around that time. So thank you so much for letting me speak to you and be a part of your day to day. I look forward to being able to do this again soon i really am i had a good time doing this in terms of a schedule uh, the goal will be to have an episode up every week on fridays however if that's not possible or if i just start falling behind i'm going to try to do episodes and get them out every two weeks if you enjoyed what you heard today and you want to be a part of what's to come go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button to be notified when a new episode is uploaded If you do have the time, uh, I would really appreciate this, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. If you could please leave a review and let me know what you think. The reviews really help the podcast stand out against all the podcasts within this category and every other category. Again, this is Ilan Taveros. This has been the I'm Failing Outwards podcast, a podcast about everything but mostly nerd stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to love each other and you guys have a wonderful rest of your day.